0: Yo, what's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Diligent Boxing Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Garcia, and we got special guests in the house. But before we get into that, don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow Diligent Boxing. We're on all social media platforms. Catch us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, SoundCloud. I mean, you name it, we're on it, guys. And we got a special guest. He's a correspondent for one of the biggest pla- boxing platforms out there. Let's give it up for Fern Pimentel.
1: What's up, Fern? What's going on, brother? What's up, my dude? How's everything going? Thank you for the invite.
0: Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for coming down. I hope it wasn't too much of, of trouble with traffic and all. Nah,
1: it was actually pretty good. It was a smooth ride.
0: Because uh, so, coming from, from L.A., you're from L.A., right? Yeah, born and raised. I mean, from L.A., sometimes that traffic can be horrendous man oh yeah
1: any anything after 4 30 trying to head to the downtown area or anywhere else it's ridiculous trust it, me downtown it, uh, uh, traffic is terrible
0: it's, it's ridiculous man and you know sometimes i wish i had a private jet that can fly <laughs> me from from city to city because that traffic is horrible man
1: oh yeah it, it, it is one of the most horrendous places to have a vehicle and drive in i could only imagine uh, trust me i i do it and thankfully i don't have to drive that much during the during that traffic time but i know it's horrendous trust me it sucks do you like driving? I love driving. I love driving. Give me an open road. I'm perfect. I've driven to Vegas so many times for fights that I've actually gone there on a Saturday morning and left uh, probably like two in the morning on Sunday just to get back home around six. Yeah, Yeah, I've done it. So,
0: and you being in media, I mean, you must travel a lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where's the, where's the furthest place you've ever traveled?
1: Furthest place I've ever traveled was last year in November. Uh, I went to Miami for the Devin Haney versus uh Yuri Orkis Gamboa fight. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, traveling wise, driving wise, the furthest place I traveled was San Jose, and oddly enough, that was my very first uh media event, boxing event that I covered, and that was the Robert Guerrero versus Selchik Dean fight. Okay. Yeah. So that was like about an eight and a half hour drive. Wow. Yeah.
0: And of course, you you, you were you were accommodated and everything. You got the rooms and yeah, all that yeah. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, I mean, that ride eight hours, <laughs>
1: dude. Yeah. All right. That ride was rough.
0: Yeah, after that you need a, a nice drink after that, dog.
1: More like 5, 6, seven, 8, yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, hey and and by the way, speaking of drinks, hey man, this drink, uh, th- thank you for the for the for the drink uh oh, yeah, idea. No I mean this yo man, low key, this is fire.
1: I know it is. I know it is. I know it is. Uh shout out to uh actually the person who helped Brandon and everything. Uh was uh, the the rock drink, uh Terramana. So it's really good.
0: thank you for the drink recommendation, man. Salud. Salud. Well, speaking of uh private jets, bro, uh, uh-huh. February 27th at the Hard Rock Stadium, Miami Gardens, Florida. Oh, yeah. We had a fight, super middleweight title fight between Canelo Alvarez and uh, Alvi Yildirim. Y- Yildirim, yeah. Uh, So Canelo dominated with third round TKO. We all saw that coming. Yeah. How did you see that fight play out, man?
1: it played out like everybody else thought it would play out. Honestly, uh, on one of the podcasts that I'm on, uh, the boxing rundown and everything, we had a uh, Jose Benavidez senior on it and he actually predicted a third round knockout on that fight. Yeah. I honestly thought myself it would go a little bit longer, probably six, uh, just because a Yildirim had Joel Diaz in his corner. And I know, and I know Joel Diaz, very great trainer, uh, ex-trainer of Timothy Bradley has helped with Jojo Diaz and a lot of other fighters and everything. He just knows what to do. He has a really good game plan, even against people who you would think are unbeatable, like Canelo, for for instance. And I thought he was going to guide Yildirim at a better pace and everything, but it just never came to fruition. The first round, Yilderim was just frozen. I don't think he landed one punch on Canelo in that, in that round at all. And just Canelo realized it, saw it, and said, you know what, screw it, let's go full force. And that's what he did in the second round. Uh, Got him out there in the third round, knocked him down, and Joel in the corner decided, hey, you know what? Screw it. Let's just end it here. Yeah, there's no more reason for you to continue. Yeah. I thought that was the right call.
0: Canelo did what he had to do. Uh, You know, usually the first round in a boxing match is a fill-out round. Very much so, yep. Yeah, but Yildirim wasn't feeling nothing.
1: Oh, no, not at all.
0: You know, so when I saw that, I was like, wow. I was calling it five, six round too. But after the first round, I was like, I don't know about that. Yeah, no. It, it looks it more was, like a 3-4 round.
1: It, it it did look that way. After that first round you could tell Yildirim was either he was uh blinded by the by the limelight because that uh, that concert at the beginning of the yeah. of the fight, uh Canelo's walk in and everything like that. Uh, you know, Canelo is a very soft-spoken individual unless you piss him the hell off. Yeah, and I, you know, you've seen that with him, like the Golovkin press conferences and everything like that. Uh, you, you've seen when he gets pissed off. Oh, he was
0: pissed off at that fight. Yeah, when they were doing the interview, there was a guy in the ring with the Jake posture. Yeah, but that's you afterwards.
1: That? But but <laughs> that's a perfect example, though. Yeah. Like he's very soft-spoken up until you piss him off. So to see that while you're in the ring waiting for him could actually intimidate you, and I think that that's what happened with. I think he was just intimidated by it all. The moment just caught to him, got up to him finally, yeah. and he said, "Damn, I'm, I'm, yeah." and just had nothing for him. I'm nothing hearing, I'm around. hearing
0: rumors that that he was Canelo's sparring partner. Yeah, he was Canelo's sparring true? partner
1: for a couple of fights. Yes, yes, okay, he was. yeah. But even then, yeah, sparring is completely different than than anything. Like I, I've seen, I've seen uh, David Benavidez spar Sean Porter. I'm yeah. not going to tell you that Sean Porter could beat David Benavidez at 168, and I'm not telling you that. David Benabita's come down to 147. It's not going to happen. You know, I've seen some sparring wars, but sparring wars are just sparring wars. Those are things that are left in the gym. Yeah. You know? Those are things that you don't let out because at the end of the day, it's just at some point, it could be a fighter who's two weeks away from a fight. Yeah. Fighting a guy who is two weeks coming back into the gym. So it's a completely different playing field than it would be on fight night. So yeah, it's it, he was a sparring partner for Canelo though.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, I mean inspiring. yeah. It's it's not a real fight. No, it's not. But you do know uh you get to learn that person. Yeah. You know, you, you learn their, their their maneuvers, how they move, how they hit, when they hit, and yeah, I mean for Canelo, we we all know Canelo's gonna win this fight. Come on. Yeah. I mean I mean you know that. But uh you brought up you brought up Benavides. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a very enticing fight that I would like to see. We all want to. Between Canelo and Benavidez. Would you like to see that fight? I,
1: I would love to see that fight. I, I've been wanting to see that fight. That fight is something that should have happened, and it's something that uh, Jose Benavidez spoke upon, uh, Senior. He spoke upon, and he said that uh, when David Benavidez was the champ at 168, Canelo didn't want to fight for that belt. He, he wasn't going for it. Wow. He, was still stuck at one, he was still stuck at 160, but the moment Benavidez lost, uh, lost the title on the weight scale, Canelo position, uh, basically positioned himself to fight for the 168 wow, okay. title. So they don't feel that Canelo wants that fight. They don't feel it. They, but they, they feel
0: that Canelo was ducking that fight.
1: I'm not saying ducking that fight, just Prooding avoiding that fight. Prolonging it and or avoiding it and just making a gap in there. But now Benavides is in a position on March 13th to fight Ronald Ellis. Yes. And if he wins, Rest. he will become uh, hopefully become the mandatory because of the situation that happened with, um, what's his name right now? Uh, Darrell and... Davis tying they were they were supposed to be the title eliminator with Benavides and Ellis and the winner of those two fights were going to clash right but now there's no winner in this fight and if we have a clear winner in this fight does he supersede that does he just go over it and you know the WBC they just they just need to get their stuff together when it comes to to this whole situation I'm glad Mauricio Suleiman said that after this debacle, as they called it, with Yildirim and Canelo and everything, that they're going to look more into the how they actually name somebody a mandatory. So hopefully hopefully they get their stuff straight because at the end of the day, we just want to see good fights. We want to see the best fight the best. Yes, I, We understand that certain times uh, mandatories do come in and they have to take those fights. You can't have a Mayweather run where you fight freaking 24 25 right 26 champions in a row or x champions in a row can't do that you know you really can't and canelo's doing a good thing on it right now but he kind of cut that with yielding right now but he had a good run and now after this fight it was a mandatory that he needed to take he takes on billy joe saunders may 8th, may 8th. and yes. that's going to be a more more tactical fight than a lot of people think
0: okay and why do you say that because so, a lot of people are saying that oh Connell's going to walk through that 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 uh Saunders just like he did Yildirim.
1: Well, the reason why is because Yildirim and Billy Joe Styles make fights. Uh, you know, Yildirim and Billy Joe Saunders aren't the same type of fighters. Right. Yildirim is a or was before this fight a, a straightforward fighter. He used to come in, attack and go for gusto. This time he kind of held back and bit him in the ass. Yeah. Uh when it comes to Billy Joe, Billy Joe's uh maneuverable, he's very very elusive and he's a southpaw. We've seen Elusive fighters give Canelo trouble. Yes, that was in the past. This Canelo is a little bit different and everything like that. But again, we haven't seen this Canelo fight that type of fighter. We haven't seen him fight an elusive fighter, one that can maneuver around and one that's a southpaw. The last time he did that, I think it was at Arieslandi Lara. And if you watch that fight, people could say Lara won the fight.
0: I was there at that fight. Yeah,
1: I, I honestly thought Lara won that fight. You know, I was watching it and I was like, okay, I think Lara won this. You know, so again, Canelo is a different beast right now than when he was at that age a couple years back. But we haven't seen him in with that type of fighter in a while. So we don't know if he has grown and adjusted or maybe just the opponents that he's been fighting have been more catered to his style. Right. So that's why this fight is actually incredibly intriguing. And I think it'll be better than the Yildirim fight. Oh,
0: absolutely. Hands down, it's going to be a better fight. In your opinion, as a boxing fan, okay, you got we got Saunders. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's going to be a good fight. Not a great fight, but a good fight. Yeah, decent fight. Very, pass- fight, very I very
1: passable fight. I'll give it that. It's if it were pay per view, if it were on pay per view, because this fight's on the zone. If it were pay per view, it'd be something I would definitely order. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. But other than Saunders, who would you like to see Canelo fight? Where people would be like, "Wow, yeah, that, that's that's something I would like to see right now."
1: Well, we already said Benavides. Benavides, uh, let's just scratch Benavides out of it right. because we are. He's, yeah, yeah, he's definitely on the list. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely on the list.
0: Probably number one on the list.
1: More than likely number one on the list. Number two, and on me, it would be weird considering the names that you can put Canelo in there, but I would actually like to see him fight Charlo, the 160-pound Charlo. Me too. Me too. Charlo, Charlo would be the guy. Charlo would be the guy. Number three right behind him would be Bubo Andrade. Andrade. Yeah, I love Andrade's style. I know a lot of people don't, don't like it. I, he doesn't fight like your normal boxer. He's more... He's a heavier version of Emmanuel Augustus. If you remember him, the drunken master. Yeah. Yeah. So he could do things like that. I feel that Andrade has that style where he can, uh, emulate Emmanuel Augustus and actually have that type of style and give Canelo trouble. And that's a very, very, that's a dark horse. That's a real dark horse in in the boxing game. And it's sad. He doesn't get the, um, the big fights. I would love to see him in the big fights. He just doesn't get them.
0: Why, why, why is that? Why do you think
1: that is? I was having this conversation with some people last night in boxing. Um, he's been hit with bad luck. Like his best time to me when he could have gotten a big fight was after the Charlo versus Williams fight that happened at the Galen center in a Cal in Los Angeles, California, right yeah. by USC. And he was in the media room at the end of the fight and he berated both Charlos and he went at them and they, from the media standpoint, they went at him and wow. it looked like it was going to be something that was going to come up yeah. and we loved it. Nothing happened. Then he had the BJ Saunders fight light up. I was actually there at the uh, Porter High Performance Center, which is their training camp and everything like that. And it was Sean Porter, it was Caleb Plant, and it was Demetrius Andrade. Wow. And they were, Porter was out of his fight already. I believe it was the night before Terrence Crawford fought uh, Victor Postal, And Andrade was hitting the bag, and he was getting ready for the Saunders fight because that fight had just been announced. He was getting ready for it. He was getting ready for it. And he looked really good. Little did we know a couple of weeks later, Billy Joe Saunders was caught with that, uh, the nasal spray and yeah. uh, performance-enhancing drug situation and everything. And that fight didn't happen, and it got canceled because of it. But he had the fight lined up. The fight was signed. The fight was good to go. If it weren't for Billy Joe Saunders doing that, that fight would have already happened. So it's just that I feel Andrade is just not, get, he's not getting the look of the draw at all. He's not getting the luck of the draw at all. I still feel him and Charlo could be could happen at 160. Yeah, yeah. Since yeah. Charlo's at 160, uh, I would love to see him fight Mungia. I would like to see him fight Golovkin since they're at 160. They're the big dudes there. there. You go. Yeah, but it's like no one is clamoring to fight Demetrius Andrade. I
0: think the fight with Mungia would be the easiest fight to make with because they're both in the zone. But the same yeah. thing
1: with with Golovkin. You would think Golovkin would want to fight Mungia yeah, and everything, true. but uh, they're trying to get uh, Murata from Japan. So it's yeah, like, yeah, it's like. uh, Everybody just wants to go their own way. No one really wants to do it. No, I, I, I don't. I can't say no one really wants to do it the way it needs to be done. But again, with this whole Canelo situation going with Yildirim and this time to Billy Joe Saunders, he went around to get to where he needed to go. Everybody's trying to go around and get to where they need to go, and I hope they get there.
0: And why is this to prolong their career? Just to, to, to avoid that 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 loss, or or why do you think it is? I mean, why why is that so? important nowadays i mean
1: i look floyd mayweather made the zero important let, let, let's be honest there floyd mayweather made the zero important and no knock on floyd but i don't think the zero is as important i get maybe that's a selling piece a marketing piece i understand it but come on Every legendary fighter, every great fighter you can name from, uh, direct, the only one probably other uh, other than Marciano, uh, you can name Ali, Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Hearns, yeah. uh, Hagler, Roberto Duran, uh, Felix Trinidad, Oscar De La Hoya. Go yes. down the litany of all the names of fighters that you could actually name. All of them have a loss. Yeah. All of them fought somebody. All of And I'm not saying Floyd didn't fight anybody because he did. He fought a crap load of people. Yes, he did. Like, his, his resume is second to none to a lot of people, you know? Only maybe Pacquiao probably has a better resume, maybe. But Uh, Mayweather just made that zero marketable, and that's it. But the zero is not the end-all, be-all. If you have your fights and you have wars and you lose, hey, you get the respect of the fans. That was one of the things I respected in Robert Guerrero when he went up to 147. You know, Guerrero at the lighter weights was a boxer. When he came up to the heavier weights, to 147 and everything, because he skipped 140 right away. He went from 135 to 147. He became a brawler. That's because he knew he had to find a. He, he knew his boxing wouldn't keep heavier fighters off of him, Absolutely. so he had to go at them, and I respect him for it. And he took L's to some good people. He took L's to Keith Thurman, you know. He took L's to like Omar Figueroa at yeah. the time, who was coming up and everything like that. His record is filled with L's versus good fighters in our generation right now, and that's respectable. You know, Danny Garcia, his L's are to people that are good fighters in our generation. Respectable. Sean Porter, who has one of the weirdest styles out there, but he is a dog versus anybody, has losses.
0: Oh, man. Sean Porter's a beast.
1: Oh, yeah. I love Sean Porter. Sean Porter is one of the good guys in boxing. Yes. You know? uh, Leo Santa Cruz has oh. losses, but look who we lost to. We lost to Frampton and Gervonta. Yeah. Abner Morris has losses. You know These names are the names that we look at in this generation. And those are really good fighters.
0: Are they still competitive fighters to this day? Yes.
1: Yes. 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 And it depends on who, though, because Abner Mars considering his eye situation, yeah, I not you know maybe not cash retina, and all. exactly. Yeah. Let's say Adrian Broner needs to prove himself again. You know right. what I'm saying? Uh, Robert Guerrero has already proved himself. Sean Porter has proved himself. Uh, Danny Garcia continues yes. to prove himself, even in the Earl Spence fight. Didn't do much, but again, it's Earl Spence. You know um, who else out there? Uh, Jose Benavides uh, Jr. You know, only one loss and that's to uh, Terrence Crawford, one of the best pound for pound and he moved up from 140 to 147 and he got shot in the leg prior to it. So it's like, you know, there are fighters that could continue to prove themselves and prove their worth. You know, not every fighter is down and out after they lose one fight. You know, uh, Richard Comey Lost to Teofimo Lopez. You saw what happened this last fight that he did. Knocked homeboy out. Excellent
0: performance.
1: Incredible performance right there, you know. Uh, Vasily Lomachenko. He lost the fight against Alito. He lost against the fight against Alito. Going up to the Teofimo fight. What did everybody think of him? Pound for pound, one of the best. Yes. You know, lost to Teofimo right now. He's a little bit in limbo because he went the wilder route and decided to make excuse after excuse after excuse as to why he lost. Yeah. Just take the L and be a man about it, you know. Absolutely. Come back. You know, that, that's the thing. That's the thing with like again, Sean Porter, Danny Garcia, and a couple of these other fighters who have lost fights. They don't make excuses. They know where they lost. They know why they lost. They could see, okay, maybe this is what I could have done differently, but they don't make excuses as oh, the judges were on the on the other fighter side. Um, and whatever excuse the uh, Lomachenko and even Wilder came up with for their losses. You right, know? right, right. Yeah. So that that that's where I'm at. Like the zero is not the end all be all. No. It's not. And this is a conversation I had with uh Oddly enough, Dana White, Dana White, uh, head of the UFC, president, right? We did the um, Mayweather-McGregor press conference at the Staples Center. And I interviewed Dana White, and I asked him straight up, you know, Mayweather has that zero. Conor McGregor, I think, has, like, three losses right now, four losses at that point in time. And I'm like, you know, besides Johns Jones, who has one loss, but his loss was disqualification and everything like that. Anybody that you can name from the UFC, that's a draw. And at the same time, a legend, Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, Ken Shamrock. They've um, all got losses. <laughs> they all got losses. <laughs> yeah. So why is it that in boxing, all we look at is that zero? Yeah. But in the UFC, you could be a great and have 9, 10, 11 losses. You know? And he's like, you know what? That That's something I never thought of. It, it, it even hit him like, damn. It took him a minute to answer. And he told me uh, the reason why is because maybe in boxing, it's one essence of fighting. Yeah. All you do is, you know, move your feet, move around evasive maneuvering tactical and punching yeah while in the UFC you can lose to a punch you can lose to a kick you can pound pound you can lose yeah. to a ground and pound you can lose to a submission maneuver you could be dominating the fight and then out of nowhere somebody pulls your ankle and that's it it's the end of it you yeah. know so he's like maybe that's why but we do pay too much attention to that zero and I I really think we shouldn't you think I, it's,
0: it's it's the fans fault or the boxers fault
1: I think it's the fans' fault that bought into the marketability of that zero. I agree. That's what I think it is. I think it's the fans' fault and the marketability of that zero. Because At the end of the day, imagine if we were in, and me, I'm one of the biggest um, people, and I'm sorry for saying this, I'm one of the biggest people who attack uh, Chavez Sr.'s record. Okay. Right? And people take Canelo, right? And they take what he's doing right now. And, oh, Yildirim's a bum, Yildirim this, that, and the third, right? But come on, Chavez at a time when he was 40 and zero, fought a guy making his debut. Yeah. You know, like I thank God that social media wasn't around in those times. It wasn't. Cause those guys would have gotten eaten the fuck up. Yeah. They would have gotten destroyed every which way. Chavez would have said after like 50, 60 fights, you know, what? Fuck you all, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and Chavez is an angry old man right now. Yeah. Chavez, Chavez will let you know how the hell he feels right now. He does not give a shit. Right. He will let you know how he feels about what you're asking, what you're saying or what you're doing. He does not care. And, Back in those days, I could only I could only imagine him. You know what? All of you, I'm not I'm retiring just because he couldn't set like he couldn't keep people happy. And you know, I like the fact that fighters nowadays understand that no matter what in the social media era, you're not going to be able to keep everybody happy. You're not going to satisfy everybody. There's always going to be that one person who's going to scream the loudest and gonna is, is just going to completely derail or try to break every single brick that you built. That's social media for you. Welcome to social media. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
0: You can't let this social media interfere with your mindset, you know, as, as an athlete or or anything for that matter. I mean, social media, it's a great tool. Don't get me wrong. It's a great tool to, 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 to get you out there and to, uh, uh, you know, just get, put you out there, man. But
1: look at Ryan Garcia, Ryan Garcia is taking full advantage of the social media warfare. You
0: know what? He's one of the guys who started it all. You know, I mean, he has, he has the perfect blueprint and he started the trend, right? And and you as a, as a sports athlete, you know, uh, you look at that. You should do the same thing. Mm-hmm. The, you got champs out there right now that are holding the belt, Fern. And nobody knows who they are.
1: True. True. Uh, I'll give you this. Uh, casual fans may not know. Oh, exactly. Casual That's what fans. I mean. I mean, and casual fans. That, yeah, but like boxing aficionados or people who follow the sport, they know who the champs are. They know who the secondary champs are, but they know at, at the end who the real champs are. Absolutely. You know? So it just that's what I'm saying. Social
0: media is is, is such a powerful tool. You know, if if you put yourself out there constantly, people are going to know who you are. Yep. But here's the thing. You better back it up. Thankfully, Ryan Garcia has been able to. Yeah, exactly. No, absolutely. But I'm saying this goes for any boxer out there who's putting himself out there. And okay, we know who you are now. Show us what you got. Exactly. And you got you better do it. Yeah, because if not. Social, back to social media, back to social media and double-edged sword.
1: (laughs) You know? Yeah, no, I get you, but yeah, no, I, I, Ryan Garcia is probably the, I'm not even going to say probably he is the boxer right now that took the most full blown advantage of the social media game to make himself more popular, make himself more out there and more visible to other eyes. Like, Yeah. yeah, everybody could say, Oh, he's got the team boppers. He's got this, that, and the third, but guess what? Those team boppers can persuade their parents to get tickets can persuade their parents to let me subscribe to The Zone because I want to see Ryan Garcia fight, you know? So no matter what, he's doing it right. Even though you may not like the fan base that he has, he's doing the right thing and he's getting the right crowd. Because at the end of the day, those are casual people who probably would have never paid attention to boxing at at that point in time. And he's bringing them in. So, you know, good for him. Good for him. Other people should try to take take his blueprint and take what he did and mesh it to themselves to get themselves more out there as well. Because there are definite fighters that... A lot of people would like to know like, you know, maybe people don't like Ryan Garcia because he's brash and he brags a lot. Yeah. You know, but if like, let's say someone like a Leo Santa Cruz, who's a humble family man and everything like that, we're on social media more and showing off his side of the boxing world. He'd probably have more fans too. He'd probably be more loved because of that. And no knock on Leo, because I know the man personally, but it's just like, that's the way social media works. Yeah. You does. got, you just have to show, one aspect that you want to show off. And Leo can show off the humble side and everything like that. And even his cars because he's very braggadocious about his vehicle. Oh, he loves other. his cars. Yeah. So it's like, show off that side. You'll get people, you'll get people who wouldn't have boxing. Bro. You'll, you'll get the Absolutely. car enthusiasts. You'll yes. get the car enthusiasts in. You know, right on. Like, same with Mikey. And that's why I like Mikey. Mikey's doing well on social media. Oh yeah, Mikey's doing amazing. I know Robert Garcia won't let Mikey drive him anymore, but still. <laughs> I was gonna bring that
0: up. You see that video? Of oh, him I in loved the
1: car? it. I loved it. Well, I know Robert Garcia is never oh, gonna let god. Mikey show up for him again. But Rob
0: still. was, Rob was, <laughs> he was so frightened, man. He was incredibly frightened. Oh my god, he did not like. He he was like Mikey. <laughs> Rob didn't know what speed was until he got in that car, man.
1: I wanted to I would have loved to have seen what the what the speedometer set read on that oh on my that, God. On that drive Was that the Lambo? I don't know what car it was. Because oh, you man. don't get the video from the outside from yeah. the beginning, you get it from the inside, right. from the dashboard. So it's like, what car is this? But psh, Robert was uh, <laughs> terrified.
0: <laughs> Shout out to Robert and RGBA out there, man. Yeah. They're doing their thing. And they're not too far from here either. No,
1: they're about 10, 15 minutes away.
0: Yeah, they're pretty close. I saw
1: them on my way here. Like, I literally could have gotten off the freeway and gone there.
0: <laughs> yeah, good people. Good. <laughs> oh, people. very good
1: people. Very good people.
0: So, I mean, so, you know, Canelo signed with a $365 million contract with, uh, was it The Zone?
1: Yeah, uh, The Zone, correct.
0: Okay, and h- how many fights was that for?
1: That was, if I re- dang, if I recall oh, I correctly, forget, I think yeah. it was 10 or 11.
0: Okay, so where are we at now?
1: Well, that's one? the thing. If you, don't re- if you recall correctly... Uh, that deal was etched out and scratched because Canelo wanted to be a free agent. That's why now he got free from Golden Boy. Okay. And he, yes, he's on the zone now. He's been on the zone the last two fights, but his current deal is not with the zone. It's with Matchroom. It's with Eddie Hearn. Oh. But it's on a, I don't think it's on a fight to fight basis. I think the May 8th fight is the last fight of that deal. And they could renegotiate against something oh, okay. else. That's
0: what I wanted to get yeah. to. But
1: they want they rene- renegotiated it because I guess the money figure didn't play well with the zone. Didn't right. add up. Didn't didn't get there. So you know they had this little quote unquote litigation, and Canelo spread his wings from Golden Boy, spread his wings from the zone. But he signed to Matchroom, who was on the zone, and now he's having his last two fights were promoted by Matchroom. The Smith fight. And the Yeldon room fight, and this next fight against Billy Joe are going to be sponsored by Matchroom, but Matchroom here in the states has the contract with the Zone. So,
0: in other words, she's still going to be fighting on the Zone.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, at least for this next fight, we don't know what happens after May. Oh, 8. okay. Yeah.
0: So what do you think? What, what are the possibilities that can, that can happen? Uh, pay per view. All these fights, or, or what? What? Uh.
1: Well, the what outlet? What, what the you... pay per view mold for the Zone is pretty dead. Yes, I know the last couple of fights that they've had. They've put them on pay-per-view, but they've put them on pay-per-view with a um, with an incentive. So like, let's say you ordered Canelo versus Yildirim. Right. You would have access to zone up until, I believe, the end of April or May. So they give you like a couple of months of zone free with the pay-per-view purchase. And that's good because then you could also get into the whole, okay, we gave you a sample of zone. If you like it, subscribe. And then they have that 100 for the full year. Yeah. Or the twenty dollar a month, which honestly, the one hundred for the full year is is amazing. Yes, yeah, the one hundred for a full year is amazing. Thankfully, I'm that, still, yeah. Thankfully, I'm still stuck on that grandfather nine ninety nine. But same here. <laughs> but um, I like what they did there. They didn't just say buy this fight and that's all you're getting. You're actually getting a couple of months of the zone. That way, you could try it out to see if it's something that you're into. And then again, they have Golovkin, they have AJ, they yeah. have uh. Uh, Andrade, they have Billy Joe Saunders, they have uh Munguia, they have Chocolatito and Estrada who are fighting in a couple Ooh, of weeks. That's be nice. They have uh so much to offer on that on that on that platform. And they even have uh, a library of old fights. So it I love that platform. The zone's really good. The zone's really good. So you no, know, I, I don't know what happens to Canelo after the May 8th fight. I don't know if he Signs with Golden Boy back again. I don't know if he stays on Matchroom. I don't know if he stays on his own. Or does Canelo start his own
0: promotional company?
1: Well, Canelo already does have his own promotional company. It's like, I'll give it to you like this. I'll give it to you like uh, Mayweather Promotions. You remember okay. Mayweather Promotions has yeah, been around forever, right? You remember back in the days when Mayweather used to fight? Yeah. Do you remember who the lead promoter was? It wasn't Mayweather. It was Golden Boy. Right. Yeah. It was a parent, Like I'm not going to say a parent company, but it was a company that was providing more of the services. That Mayweather promotions didn't have yet. Now Mayweather is actually promoting more, doing more under the Mayweather promotions, but he's not co-promoting with Golden Boy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that I think that's what's going on with uh, with Canelo. He's co-promoting with Matchroom because Canelo uh, Alvarez promotions is still there. Canelo promotions is still there. They're still on the bill. Like if you look at the banners behind them and everything, it has Canelo promotions and everything. okay, yeah. But they still have the Matchroom logo there. Same thing with Mayweather when he had Golden Boy. So I think it's just uh, Matchroom is parenting or co-promoting and taking more of the brunt of it than the Canelo promotions itself.
0: I wonder if he's going to level up at some point.
1: At some point, he should. At some point, he will. He needs to sign his own fighters, obviously, and he needs to become somewhat of a manager himself and everything. But, you know, he's only 30. He's in the prime of his career. Uh, Let him enjoy it. Give yeah. him another three, four years, and then maybe he'll get into that managing side and everything. Yeah, yeah. But you know, as long as he can make good fights, as long as uh, the Yilderims are far and few in between, and the Billy Joe Saunders, the Smith fights, the uh, the Daniel Jacob fights, types like that are more and often than the Yilderims, then he'll be fine.
0: I agree. I definitely agree with that, man. We were talking about Mikey Garcia right now. Yeah. And Robert. Uh, so, Mikey. Rumor has it that Mikey's fighting Pac Man Pacquiao. Man,
1: that's the rumor, and that's honestly not a rumor that started now. That rumor started since the uh, Earl Spence versus Mikey Garcia fight.
0: But he's talking about uh, he's finalizing it already.
1: No, no, I'm saying no. I understand, but uh, what I'm saying is that fight has is like it's a rumor now. Like he's finalizing yeah, it yeah. now. But that fight's been brewing since that Earl Spence. Mikey Garcia fight, yeah, absolutely. because everybody knew if Mikey Garcia won that Earl Spence fight, it was going to be directly to the Manny Pacquiao fight. Yes, obviously he took the loss and everything like that, and they had to the build. Now they have to the build to it and everything. But again, it, it's honestly the fight that makes the most sense for Mikey because Mikey's in it right now for the prize fighting of the game. He's in it for the prize fighting. And prize fighting, what do you pri- fight for? Either the belts or the money. And Mikey's already been a four division champion, you know. I don't think he's into it for the belts anymore. I think he's in it for the money. For the money. He wants he cash wants, out. before he No, no. Out. I'm not even going to say cash out because that makes it seem like, oh, he's just there for the check. No, no I he's mean, not. he's there no. to fight for the check. He's there to make sure that no matter what, he puts a showing up for himself. He makes his family proud. He makes his fans proud. And they know that no matter what, he put up the best effort he can. Absolutely. You know? Win, lose or draw. Doesn't matter. Mikey's but,
0: a solid dude. Oh,
1: man. Mikey's a solid dude. I love that fight he had with Jesse Vargas. Oh, yeah. That fight was amazing. Oh, it was fight. So good. So good. And, again, Mikey versus Pacquiao would be a great fight. I I hope it gets done. I hope it gets made. I hope uh, it doesn't go to the wayside like uh, Manny Pacquiao versus Ryan Garcia. Yeah.
0: You know? At least one of the Garcias is getting it. Yeah, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Let's hope. hope We could hope.
1: Because at the end of the day, Manny, he has very few fights left in him. You know, the last time we saw him was against Keith Thurman. Yeah. That was last year in the summer. Yeah. Actually, two years ago in the summer. Two years. Yeah, two years ago in uh, 19. I was there for that fight. And... That's the last time we saw Manny.
0: How many fights do you think Manny got left in him?
1: If he would have fought last year, I probably would have said two or three. Right now, I'm thinking one or two.
0: One or two, right? One or two,
1: yeah. Because at the same time, he wants to run for presidency in the Philippines. And if you're exactly. the president of the Philippines, it's like, you can't be you can't be fighting.
0: How are you going to get whipped by a president? Exactly. How
1: you... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> imagine someone getting their ass kicked by Donald Trump. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my like... God. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, imagine.
1: Oh, shit.
0: So... You've been a correspondent for, for how long, man?
1: Uh, okay, so I had to look back. And the very first event I ever covered, and I covered it for Fight Hype, shout out to Ben Thompson and the crew over there, they're doing great work, uh, was for the Amir Khan media workout. And he was supposed to fight Lamont Peterson in Las Vegas. It was supposed to, It was supposed to be the rematch from the fight they had in Washington, D.C. But Lamont got popped. And then they found a last minute replacement for Danny Gar- in Danny Garcia. So I went to the wild card for the first time in 2012. Wow. So that's what nine years now. Yeah, bro. Nine years in June Yeah, nine years in June. That was the very first event that I went to cover. I interviewed Freddie Roach that day, Amir Khan and Oscar De La Hoya. And, you know, it was, uh, it was a surreal experience. Been a boxing fan all my life. Uh, you know, I know it's cliche and everything like that, but no, my father, my family, they grew me, they raised me watching boxing, you know, Julio Cesar Chavez, we would have uh, fight parties at my godmother's house, I mean, Madrinas, my tias, we would all be over there fighting. My dad made a cool 500 because of me, you know, you know. Well, oh, what she- you mean? What do you mean a cool 500? <laughs> uh, I told him, and as a kid, yes, I did tell him this, I told him Frankie Randall would be Chavez. Really? Yes. And he didn't, he, you know, it's Chavez. Who, that, who the hell would have thought, right? Forty bets against Chavez. Yeah, yeah. So I told him just do it, just do it. Bet against the family. The family's here, you know. The family's all Chavez people. Just do it. Trust me. Just do it. I was—I I forget how old I was. I was very young. I—if I we could bring up the date of that fight, I could tell you. But um, I just told him just trust me, and he got a cool five hundred off of it. So I was like, all right, cool. See, he gave me—he gave me like thirty bucks off of it. There it's you still, go. But it, come on, I'm a kid. Like what? You know what am I going to do? You can do so a lot with thirty bucks. Exactly in that time. Yeah. Heck yeah. But. You know, I grew up watching it, uh, had a family who lived out in Corona out here. And every time I would come visit them when I was a kid, uh, my uncle had uh, the Thriller and Manila on tape. Oh, yeah. He had the Rumble in the Jungle on tape. Classics. Uh, bro. He had those. Uh, I grew up. Uh, Chavez was not my favorite fighter, as I was <laughs> telling you. Yeah. The, the fighter I grew up watching and the one that actually got me into into boxing. And I was like, that's the guy I wanted to follow and everything like that was uh, Tito, Felix Tito Trinidad. Oh, that is dude. that is my guy. That is forever going to be my guy. And that's the one guy I still want to interview. I hope the Vegas Hall of Fames come back and everything like that, which yeah. this whole COVID thing is because I've never know, interviewed him before. I've never interviewed him, never met him, but he is my favorite fighter. No matter what, I grew up watching him. I've seen him through the flat top phase, the porn mustache yeah. phase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I the Ron seen Jeremy phase. Exactly. I, I, uh, through the uh, Hispanic Jerry Curl phase. Every oh, single phase man. he had. I, I've, I've seen him. Uh, f- man, that that's the guy. So, I don't know, man. It's, it's a lot. So, growing up in this boxing world, it was just a surreal experience to actually get to see fighters in front of me. And not only see them in front of me, but get to talk to them like I know them. Get to speak with legendary trainers like Freddie Roach yeah. like I know them me and Freddie Roach have a very good relationship now. You know, like I could talk to him. He'll see me. He'll be like, Hey, what's up? What's going on? And Freddie grows those relationships with people, you know, you have. Uh, Yeah. And if you're, if you've been in media as long as I have and everything like that, he knows who you are and he makes his decision. He knows if he likes you or if he does and everything like that. And he'll talk to you if he likes you. He has no issue talking to you because if he knows, you know, boxing, he knows he could spit and you'll spit right back at him. And you'll have a genuine conversation that has nothing to do with the interview. But at the same time, it is an interview. You know, one time I was at his gym, and this is after they created the downstairs and everything. And I think it was for a Miguel Cotto workout for one of his last fights, another one of my favorite fighters. And in that gym, you have all these pictures, all these newspaper clippings, old ones, new ones um, from his fighters. I told him, hey, out of everything you have here, what's your most memorable picture? What's your most memorable what's your best memory out of all of these? And he pointed to a Pacquiao one. And yeah. I don't remember what he said about it, but it's just one of those moments like, oh, Yo, you're in the room with someone who's lived this, who's breathed it, who's not only been a fighter, but at the same time is now a trainer. And at the same time is part of not managing, but the business side of boxing. So he knows multiple angles of it. Pick his brain. Yeah. Find out what he likes. Find out what catches his attention. Why this memory was so memorable. Why this memory out of all of the other ones, you know? So it it's just a surreal experience, you know? And that's a, the job of media. Yeah, that's the job of media. At the same time, no boxing media member gets into boxing media just to get into boxing media. Right. You have to be a fan of this, goal, Absolutely. Of this game. Absolutely. You have to know what you're talking about. You have to you have to know the game. Because if you don't, it it'll come off. You'll be able to tell. Yeah. You'll be able to tell. Some people grew into the sport after getting into interviewing. They grew into it. Yeah. And props to them. You know, you learned the sport. Great. Now you're doing much better than you did when you first started. Congratulations to you. But 99.9% of the media that's in it, boxing fans. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. What was the question? I, I was going to ask you something. It just So, I mean, what, what's, what's the thing you like most about your job, Fern?
1: When it comes to media, when it comes to media, when it comes to this, just getting to know the people, the relationship you can grow with people. Just the fact that if you're a genuine individual with them, they will be a genuine individual with you and you get to grow the relationship with them. They're not just, I'm a boxing media member. You're a fighter. Let's talk. It's now, hey, what's up? How you doing? Hey, how you been? Oh, dude, I've had conversations with Sean Porter that have lasted Three, four hours. Him and like and his father as well, Ken wow. Porter. Yeah, it lasted three, four hours. The interview was probably about 10, 15 minutes on camera. But, you know, I have those relationships. I could call Ken Porter up right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I could call up Robert Garcia right now. Yeah. I could call up Joel Diaz right now. I could call up all, you know, everybody can. We could call up Abel Sanchez. We could do any of those things right now. And it's because of the relationships that were built. It's not just, I'm a boxing media trainer a fighter talk to me no you have to build those and that's probably my favorite part because i love talking i love yeah. getting to know people i love to genuinely actually pick their brain on things not just deal with what's in front of us but at the same time some things in the past that hey we may want to talk about before we get to this yeah exactly so it's just it, that's what i enjoy most that's what i enjoy most the relationships that you grow
0: okay i remember this question i was gonna ask you uh now this stuff is really good <laughs> uh <laughs> shout out to you uh, so when was the last time you you, uh, you did a, a live interview?
1: All right, man. Uh, it may be weird to some people, but not not maybe not that weird because considering now fights are actually allowing media in there. But the last time I was actually able to interview somebody in person, and it's weird. I just thought about it too. I was going to say Devin Haney after the Eurikis Gamboa fight, right. which is true, but it's a lie. Last time I interviewed somebody in person, was Devin Haney at the J at the Ritz Carlton in downtown LA in January.
0: Oh, in January. He
1: was here in January and obviously and he wants to be, he wants to do more with the media. He wants to be more out there other than just social media and everything. He wants to do more with a boxing outlets. He wants outlets to actually interview him and have more access to him. Good. So, and, and I loved it. His people called, uh, called up uh, Michelle Joy Phelps. Uh, the behind the gloves uh, head and everything. And she was supposed to do the interview, but something happened to her. And she's like, Fern, I know you're like 10, 15 minutes away from downtown. Can you do it? I was like, yeah, it's Devin Haney. Of course I have. Like I have built a relationship with Devin Haney. Like if you see that interview, uh, there's a part where I tell them, you know, I've known you for like a couple of years now. And I told you from the moment I saw you the very first time you have a lot of resemblances to Mayweather. Yeah, And Ian is like, yeah, yeah, you've been telling me that for a long time now. So it's something that's been built in him like he already knows. It. Okay. Like, yeah, that's the guy who tells me that. But yeah, the last interview I did was Devin Haney in his hotel room at the Ritz-Carlton in downtown LA. It was probably mid-January. It's Probably mid-January. Like, again, driving over here, I saw the exit where the Robert Garcia gym is at, and I'm like, man, maybe I should go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get some interviews with them and everything like that, but everything's been done by Zoom as of late. Like, I just interviewed... Uh, Benavides yes. Senior on Monday, yeah, and it's on the channel right now. And behind the gloves interviewed, but that was a Zoom call, you know. I'm supposed to get uh, Keith Thurman next week, yes. You know, uh, the next time I'll probably interview somebody in person will be in two weeks. Um, Abner Mars, uh, his uh, PR person told me that Abner's opening up a restaurant, and they're going to give me the details. Oh, get down! They, yeah, and when they give me the details, they're like, just head to the restaurant. Abner will do an interview there. No worries. Oh, so man, that's going to be awesome. So, dude. yeah, it's, it's one of those things, again, and see, the relationship's built. Absolutely. The PR person gave me that information. Yeah. And me and her have been friends probably about a good five, six years now. We don't talk just boxing. I hit her up be like, hey, how's everything down south? Because she's uh, closer to Oceanside, San Diego. She's like, oh, and she used to live uh, in the valley. And she's like, oh, everything's great down here. It's a little bit open, more open than Los Angeles. So, we definitely talk about more than just boxing. We see how everything is. So, again, it's just relationships you build in this game. They go, they go far. Yeah. They go far.
0: Relationship by everything, man. And everybody's, like you said, going, doing interviews through Zoom mm-hmm. because of the whole COVID situation, man. And, and you have to respect that because these are, these are athletes we're interviewing. Yep. And they can't be affected by the COVID because that, that affects their pockets. That's, that affects them as a sports athlete. And uh, do they want to do the interview? Of course they want to do that. Yeah, of course. And they would love to do it in person. But- they got people telling "Hey, it's just do it through Zoom. It's safer. Yeah. And it is safer. And I understand that completely, man, 100%.
1: Look, I feel bad for uh, Joe Smith. Joe Smith was supposed yeah. to have a fight on uh, ESPN a couple of weeks ago. His opponent tested positive on Thursday, the wow. day right before the weigh-in. And the dude not postponed his wedding to a month after the fight. Really? Date. Yeah, he postponed his wedding. He was supposed to get married. Damn. But everything was built around and postponed around the fight. And little did he know, two days before he was supposed to fight, the fight was getting postponed because his opponent tested positive for COVID. Oh, you know? That sucks. That you know? does suck. So now he has to, I don't know if he got married a month later. Uh, it's not a month yet, but I don't know if he's going to postpone it again until the fight really happens and then oh, a month later. Okay. But see what I'm saying? His life was put on hold for a fight. And then his opponent tested positive and it screwed all the plans he had. Win, lose, or draw, he was going to go back one month later and get married. Yeah, you know? yeah. Now he has to wait, and that's what this COVID thing has done to people.
0: How's COVID affected you and your in, in, with, with your uh, with your work?
1: Um. Well, I work from home now. I work uh, my regular day job is a paralegal, so okay. I work at a law office. Um, everything's pretty much emails, text messages, uh, faxes. That's all it is uh, right now, and the monotony of being home all the time and not having the option of going out.
0: You must get bored. And, your, it it, your it gives mind. you,
1: ca- and I could, I could assume about a percentage of the, the people listening to this will be, will agree to this. It gives you cabin fever. Yeah. You want to go out, you want to go do something, but at the same time, you know, you can't. Okay. And even then you kind of miss the, let me drive to the office because when you're in the office and everything like that, and you're working five days a week, what's the, what, what's one of the first things that you always say? I can't wait to get home. Yes. But now you're home all the time. So that... What do you, what do you it, say now? It, well, I stay still by... Uh, by can use. we
0: go to lunch or what?
1: <laughs> no. Like, can, can I do something? But no, it's like... You don't do that anymore. You can't say, oh, I can't wait to get home because your office is now home. Wow. And you can't go out. So that that leads to cabin fever. That leads to other things. You have to do something to basically... Change the routine of your daily thing. Go for a walk. Like during my lunch, I don't eat lunch. I actually either work out yeah. or go for a run. There you go. Yeah. Just change it. And don't go. And yeah, I know you're like, oh, but you can't run five days a week or you can't work out five days a week. You actually can if you change the if you change the route. Yes, you can. You don't have to you don't have to go through the same route that you'd run every day. You can run the same amount of miles. You could walk the same amount amount of miles, but you could go. Where you made a right, a right yesterday, make a left. Yeah. Where you made a left the, the day after, make a right. Switch it up, Exactly, man. switch it up. Go to different routes. You know, you could do so many different things. And at the same time, I give props to the people who are at home and are reading books and are educating themselves more. Absolutely. And are actually taking online classes and finishing degrees that they held back during time. There you go. So at the same time, you know, this, as much as it's a negative for a lot of us, a lot a of us A blessing at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it's a blessing as, at the same time as well.
0: What's your most memorable moment in your media career, man, that you can remember? What's the, what's the thing that, <laughs> that, comes, that comes to mind?
1: I smile and laugh and almost spit out my drink because you said, <laughs> you said a key word there, and it's remember. I have one that I don't remember and one that I do remember. The one that I don't remember, I'll tell you the story about, and it's hilarious. Was
0: it because you were drinking this bad boy or what?
1: I was actually drinking, and I'll show you the bottle. <laughs> I put it on my I put it on my Instagram. I, I couldn't believe it happened and you'll love the story of it. <laughs> no, you will. You will definitely love the story of it. Maybe it's here. Maybe I didn't put it on my Instagram, but I know I put it somewhere. Alright, so for those who don't see it, this is a Chivas Regal bottle. Ooh. But it's a Misunara. Bottle. Okay, what's that? It's made in Japan. Okay, so oh, it's a knockoff. No, <laughs> it's a real Chivas bottle. It's blended scotch scotch whiskey oh, and man. everything, but it's made in J- Japanese barrels. Okay, so the story on that is this: it was Golovkin versus uh, Canelo two. Golovkin had just lost. Oh yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Golovkin got the got the didn't get the decision. So um, I was coming down the elevator, and Loeffler saw me. Tom Loffler, uh Triple G's promoter. Saw him and he pulled me and he's like, Yo, friend Fernando, how'd you have it? I'm like, I had a 7.5 seven, Golovkin. but at the same time, you could see it 7.5 either way. Yeah. There's some swing rounds there. So don't be surprised. You know, so it came out 7.5 Canelo. Yeah. Which, you know, easily called. Like it could have either gone either way. So cool. You know, we're all doing our media thing. We're all trying to get Canelo. We're all trying to get Golovkin. Everybody leaves. And media is still there after everything. You know, we're gathering our stuff, this, that, and the third. Okay. And I'm walking out. As I'm walking out, I see a somewhat lost Abel Sanchez. Oh. And I'm like, Abel, what's up? He's like, did you see Triple G and his crew? I'm like, yeah, they left on the bus like two, three minutes ago. Abel? Yeah. He's looking for them. He's looking for them. And I'm like, they just left on the bus like two, three minutes ago. He's like, shit. And I'm like, why? He's like, well, I'm supposed to be with them. And we're supposed to be going to the after party. And I'm like, okay, damn. And I'm like, what hotel? And he was like, uh dang, I forget what hotel it was. Uh I forget what hotel it was. I think it was the Mirage. No, 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 it wasn't the Mirage, it's the Mandalay Bay. Mandalay Bay. Mandalay Bay. It was the Mandalay Bay. Uh it was the Mandalay Bay and it was one of the newer ones that they built from the Mandalay okay. Bay. So um, he's like, Do you know how to get there? I'm like, Yeah. So it was like, so I was basically his guide from the T-Mobile arena. If you know it's right on the uh, right where the freeway exit is and where the in-and-out going through the MGM yeah. is. So we had to go through New York, New York. We had to take the little Metro link and everything. Right. And it goes past Excalibur and all of those and everything like that. And I took him. And when we got to the end of it, he's like, let me thank you. And I was like, I, I thought that that was his thank you. He okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. And somebody comes and they give me a wristband. And they give me a triple G wristband. So I ended up in the after party.
0: Oh, <laughs> man, dude. So. You got hooked up, bro? I
1: got hooked up and you got peace status? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know. I didn't right, know. Right, right, right. So, you know, I never brought my camera out. I never took it out. I never wanted to interview people. It was just I was I was there, you know? I was cool with it. And then out of nowhere Tom comes and he's like, you know, Chivas Regal is sponsoring this, you know, I know you drank the Chivas and everything because they do the Avalon 360 shows yeah. and everything. So, he used to hook us up with Chivas there, but this was a special bottle. This was one of those, you know, we only have a couple of these. So, try this. So he gives me a shot. Abel comes. He gives me a shot. Uh, One of the other media, one of the PR people for Golovkin comes. They gave me a shot. And then the dude at the bar is like, dude, everybody's just giving you a shot. I'm like, yeah, I I know they are. And he's he's like, just whenever you want one, just let me know. And these are free of charge. Wow. Yeah. So we're just drinking and drinking and drinking. Mind you, my flight was at 9 a.m. the next day on Sunday to go come back to LA.
0: What time did you first arrive at the party?
1: I arrived at the party at 11. 11 p.m. 11 p.m. Mind you, this is Vegas, so you know that thing's going forever. Oh, yeah. So we're drinking, 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 we're drinking. I wake up, and I'm at my cousin's house. My cousin lives in Vegas. So, you know, my cousin lives there in Vegas, so I never really had to stay for a room. Okay. So I wake up. I don't know how the hell I got there. <laughs> oh, I don't know how the man. hell I got home. And I look at the time. It's 930. I missed my flight. Oh, no way, dude. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, one of my cousins who lives in L.A. was actually staying with us at the time as well. Okay. So they were coming back at noon. They were coming back in their car because they drove. So they just drove me home.
0: Oh, but I man. was like,
1: I was like, oh, my God. I have no idea what time I got there. I have no idea how I got there. All I, I, I have no idea who opened the door for me. Nothing. To this day, I still ask my cousin, yo, what happened? Like, who, Did, did anybody even... ever tell you at the party, hey, Fernando, you were doing this, you were doing that? No, dude. no, 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 no. That was the problem. One of the media guys who was there, uh, I'll leave him nameless because him and I don't get along any more. Yeah. But uh, he started giving me shots and I started taking shots with him. And everything like that. And he said, dude, you were cool. We had a conversation after this when we were still cool. He was like, dude, you were cool up until we got outside. The moment, Wh- the, air air hit hit oh. the, moment the air hit you, the moment the air hits you, you kind of went like this. And it took you about a good 10, 15 seconds to catch yourself. You weren't falling. You weren't dizzy. You were just stuck there. Damn. I was like, okay, yeah. So that means I drank a lot.
0: <laughs> How many shots <laughs> would you say you had that night?
1: From what I remember, before everything was gone, probably about a good 10.
0: 10 shots 10
1: and it, and they weren't regular little yeah they were the double double yeah, shots yeah so it was like oh was 20 shots then ah, so yeah man it was a two it was 10 of the double shots so it was 20 shots in there and it's literally once i stepped out and because mind you at that time it was september and in vegas in september it is like los angeles probably right now Yeah. During the day. And right now it's about 80 degrees outside. Right. You know? So it was 80 degrees out there and it's dry, dry heat. So all of that just went. And I was like, so I don't recall anything. Did you guys
0: Uber it back or or what was Well,
1: thankfully, thankfully, my cousin lived about five, 10 minutes away from there and everything. So (laughs) I don't, again, I don't know. I don't recall how I got there. Hopefully my friend. Called me an Uber. I never even checked my receipts or anything or nothing. So I was just like, screw it. Wow. Just all I know is I was at my cousin's. I was sleeping on the couch. I woke up. It was 930. I missed my damn flight. That's all. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully, again, my uh, our other cousin uh, was there. They were coming back to L.A. and they gave me a lift home. So, pff, Or else I would have probably had to buy like a $30 Megabus or Greyhound ticket to come back. Yeah. I, it doesn't and You don't want to get
0: on those Greyhounds, bro. I've done it before. I've done it before, done it before. too, but come on. Ch- times have hungover. changed.
1: Hungover, you don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hungover, hungover. you don't want to do that shit. Hell yeah. no. How
0: bad was that hangover, bro?
1: It wasn't as bad as you think. What? It wasn't as bad as you think. You would think I'd be struggling. the No menudo. No, nothing. Like, we drove. Literally, I took a nice cold shower for probably like about a good 30 minutes. Right. I was just in the shower like, uh, this getting it all out of me. Yeah. And then it's Vegas in the middle of the day. We were leaving at 1230. So before I even took that shower, I did about a good uh, 30 minutes of shadow boxing outside in the, in the heat. Yeah. Sweated it out. Oh, there you go. Sweated it out. I said, screw it. That's what helped you out. Yeah. I sweated it out and took that cold ass shower for 30 minutes. And I felt like a brand new dude. Oh man. Obviously yeah. when I got home and I finally hit the bed and everything like that, I was like, Oh, like I struggled. Oh, yeah. Like it's like it hit back again. Like it came back, but it's like, yeah, that that whoo, again, that's one that I don't remember a lot of.
0: And what what which memory do you remember?
1: Okay, the best memory I remember is this. <laughs> uh since we're in the Moreno Valley, uh it was not that far from here. It was actually at uh Fantasy Springs. Oh. It was after Chris Ariola defeated Seth Mitchell. Oh, the nightmare. Yeah, after after Chris Ariola defeated Seth Mitchell. So, um on those trips, trips to Fantasy Springs, no matter what day it is, if it's a Friday, a Thursday, or a Saturday fight, I will leave probably like around 11 o'clock in the morning and come here because of the drive. Right. And, and you know, the fights here start around 4, 5. Uh, I believe this fight was a Saturday night fight. And it was Seth Mitchell versus Chris Ariola. Ariola knocks him out, I think, in the second or third round. You know? And I'm about to leave. But by that time, I already had a relationship with Henry Ramirez. So, as you know, the arena that they have. The fights are just a stairwell away from the casino. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm going up the stairwell to the main lobby and Henry's right there. Henry sees me. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, Nothing. Just trying to see what's going on right here before I may, I might hit out. So he's like, come with me. And I had somebody with me and we're like, okay, screw it. Let's go with you. We went up and we went up to the top floor. You know what's at the top floor? I've never right? been to the top floor. Top floor is a bar. Oh. Yeah. Top floor is like an exclusive bar and shit. So I'm in there drinking with Henry Ramirez, Tattoo at the time, who was with Golden Boy. Oh, yeah, Tattoo. tattoo. Uh, <laughs> Chris celebrating his victory. And Josecito Lopez. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. so we're all just chilling, drinking, and everything like that. All having fun. We're all cracking jokes and everything.
0: Oh, that's a get-together.
1: That, I think You
0: know what? I think i seen
1: a video. <laughs> so there's and a video it out me. there No Wasn't me that did that I'll tell you that much I didn't record anything
0: <laughs> There was a video out on YouTube uh, With Henry Mirrors and, and the Nightmare I think it was that day They were celebrating the victory
1: Yeah so we were We were up there drinking we Now I know up. where it was at Yeah we were up on the top floor We were drinking And It was a fun experience You know what I'm saying I've actually Caught a couple times Chris Ariola At uh, the StubHub Center Or now Dignity Health Sports Arena oh, yes, and everything right. um, I've caught him there a couple of times and I've literally either been in front of him or behind him at a liquor line to buy a drink. And we continue to talk about that one time, but yet at the same time, while we're talking, we're taking drinks with one another. We're taking shots at the line. Oh, get down. So, yeah. So it's like, it, it's one of those like, again, as I stated earlier, those relationships you build. Absolutely. You don't know how you're going to come up with a relationship. It's organic. Relationships are organic. You don't force them. You don't create them. It's just something that happens. Yeah. And the relationship I have with Chris is started there. Obviously, I've interviewed him before. Obviously, I've seen him at media events before. Said hello to him this, that, and the third. But that was the memory, not only for me, but for him, of me. That's my memory of him. Yeah. Even though Again, interviewed him multiple times afterwards, before it, and during it. But at that point in time, it's just, oh shit, we're drinking, we're having fun, we're enjoying ourselves. We're in a fantasy sea, fantasy springs. Uh, it's a nice. I believe the fight was in August, if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah. it was an August fight, so the night was amazing. The temperature was good, you know, so it it was just perfect. And out there on the top floor, they have this uh, balcony that wraps around the building, and probably separated by like. Seven, eight feet is a nice charcoal pit. It's a nice Ooh, pit we're playing. Okay. So we're all just sitting around a table that's like five people deep. Ah, and brother. we're just drinking, just chilling out, talking, having a fun conversation. He's he's over here enthusiastic as hell over his victory over Seth Mitchell because he hated the fact Seth Mitchell was getting so much attention being an ex-football player. Yeah. And you know he knocked him out in two to three rounds. So he, he was ecstatic as shit over here. Henry was happy as hell. Ozancito oh, well, yeah. was enjoying himself with his lady and everything, you know, same lady that he's, yeah, he's still with right now and everything. Um, I'm over here just chilling. My homeboy who was with me, who drove with me, was there. Uh, Tattoo was on the other side. Uh, the two girls that ended up going, that we gave him a ride home and everything, uh, were there with us drinking as well. So it's like, everybody was just having a good time.
0: Life is good. Exactly. Building relationships, mm-hmm. boxing victories. I mean, I mean, how, how better can it get? Well,
1: think about it this way. The two stories I just told you is uh, both different spectrums of it. One was Chris Arioli after a victory. The other one was Gennady Golovkin after a loss. That's a lot, yeah, you know? exactly. Right. So it's like, no matter what, they still enjoyed themselves. They still had fun. I know Golovkin, on his end, thought he won the fight. I know his people thought he won the fight. Again, I was asked by the promoter, and I thought 7-5 to five Golovkin yes. for that fight and everything. But at the end, they still celebrated. They still had fun because at the end of the day, this boxing game, again, it could go either way at any point in time, especially in a close fight like like. Like Gennady Golovkin, Canelo too. Yeah, you know, but it that that's how it is, you know. And I got to enjoy a party and drinking with people on both spectrums, victoriously and in defeat.
0: That's awesome, dude. Yeah, and awesome, in both
1: dude. and in both times I enjoyed myself. And in the defeat, one I guess I was kind of like them. I just wanted to forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I heard
0: that, dude. I heard that. Uh, but there's something that we can't forget. That there's
1: there's a fight we just brought up. Chris Ariola.
0: Yeah. And Andy Ruiz is supposed to be
1: brewing up. Uh, that's supposedly uh, April 24th on Fox pay-per-view.
0: Has that been confirmed yet?
1: Yes, it has. It has. But it's going down. It's going down. Where? It's going down. Uh, they don't know yet. Okay. That's the problem with a lot of these cars right now. They don't know yet because of they want fans, the right? uncertainty of everything that's going on. Okay. Like Newsom, since we're here in California, he said that, Everything is looking good. That we may have fans at Dodger Stadium on opening day. Oh, okay. Opening day is April April first. Oh wow! So we could have fans at Dodger Stadium on April first. What makes it that we can't have fans at Staples Center April twenty fourth for Ariola versus Andy Ruiz? We can have boxing and then, at, oh. and then at the end of the day, Ariola, Southern California kid. Yes. Uh, His fan base is out here, Andy Ruiz. Uh, Pride of Mexico, especially after what he did against Joshua and everything like that in the Staples, first fight. Everything. Baby, yeah. it, it, Staples Center makes perfect sense, Absolutely. right? But again, you can't announce the venue unless you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like if you remember uh, Earl versus Danny Garcia was supposed to actually be at the Staples Center with no fans. Yes. But because Texas opened up, they took it to Texas and said, all right, let's bring fans in. Yeah. You know, so that was a smart decision on them. But again, it was right now you can't really announce. Look at um. Canelo versus Billy Joe Saunders. It's announced, but they don't know the venue yet. And the reason why they don't know the venue yet is because Vegas may open up and they may have the first Vegas fight. And not the first Vegas fight, but I mean the first big Vegas fight in the new Allegiant Stadium that the Raiders playing. Oh, wow. See what I'm saying? Right. So they have to find out what's going on. Everything is so last minute. The waiting game. Exactly. So you may not know where the fight is probably until like about three weeks before the fight.
0: Okay. Right.
1: Of course we would love to have a freaking uh Andy Ruiz versus Chris Ariola here in LA. Oh, of course. Come on, man. That 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 that's a, that's a card built. Just that main event alone, that is built for Southern California. Yes. That's here or Texas because those are the Either big, or. Yeah. those are the big two uh Mexican fan bases. Texas, Los Angeles, California, Southern California, Yeah. you know? So, of course we would love it out here. But if it if we're still not available and we're still not open, I I don't see why I can't go to Texas. I don't see why I shouldn't go to Texas. Again, if you guys I have a no problem with that, at Texas all. is open and, you know, Mexican fan base and you have these two heavyweight Mexicans who have every single time I've been out there have been entertaining. Why not take them there? But if we could have it here in Southern California, shit, why not?
0: Yeah. Yeah. More, more power to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to see the fight. Same here. <laughs> Same here. Texas, LA. It does not matter to me. I want to see that fight. You think that's a good fight for the both of them?
1: I think that's a great fight for, for the both of them at the time, you know. Uh Ruiz needs is a uh, needs to see where he's at after the Joshua loss. Yes. Uh Ariola needs to see where he's at as well in his career as well. He's uh one of the older heavyweights yes. at the time, but again, Chris Ariola has always put on a good showing for himself. Uh remember the fight he had again uh, I believe it was Juan John pierre Augustine that he had a fight uh, in the Mikey Garcia fight. And ever since that fight, when he beat that kid, because that kid was undefeated, the Ruiz fight was actually talked about. So that's 2019. Oh, they were already talking about it. Yeah, they are already it. talking about okay. it at that point, you know? Yeah. So it's it's one of those things that it's it's been brewing. But again, we have to see where both are at. And it's kind of a, a good fight. I know a lot of people are down on it because it's a Fox pay-per-view. But at the same time, if you've actually seen any of the Fox pay-per-view cards that they had, uh, Sean Porter, Earl Spence, uh, Earl Spence, Mikey Garcia, Keith Thurman... Manny Pacquiao, they have gotten better with their pay-per-view production, what they bring during the pay-per-view, and what they do during the pay-per-view. They've brought up their game every single pay-per-view since the first one. Yeah. So it's a pay-per-view. I get it. Uh, as a fan, you could downplay it. You could say, fuck it. You'd, at the end of the day, what speaks loudest is the fact that you didn't order it. And if you don't like the fact that, to order it, don't order it. But again, it's going to be a good fight. It's going to be an entertaining fight. And at the end of the day, the rumored... Fights that are going to be on the undercard are going to be barn burners as well. Just oh, know that. I was going
0: to ask you, uh, do, we, do we know anything about the undercards?
1: There is some speculation about the undercard, and I'll bring it up right now. That way, you could know. Uh, it's I, bar,
0: I, barn burners. There's got to be some barn burners. In oh there. yeah,
1: no, no, no. There's definitely going to be some barn burners. Let me bring up. Let me bring up my people who I know who has all that information and everything on that.
0: It's going to be a pay per view event. We want. We want some
1: fights. Yeah. No. 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 It's. It's going to be something. It's going to be something. Just let me bring that up for you right now. And let me get on it. Uh, duh,
0: duh, duh, duh. Let's see here. Absolutely, man.
1: Oh, hey, I got some news for you right now that will that I'll read from you right now too. That you you'll be uh, very very entertained to know.
0: What Fern? What do you got? What well, news? hold on. Okay,
1: okay. So on the Andrew Ruiz Chris Ariola card, sources are saying that Sebastian Fondora versus uh, and Jorge Cotto will be fighting. On oh, that. what? Yes, yes. On that. So that was scheduled originally to be on the Earl Spence, Danny Garcia. Okay. Okay. So that's that. I believe one of the figueroas, I don't know if it's Omar or Brandon are going to be on it as well. Okay. And you know, the four figueroas, they they get down, they, they get down, they get really down and everything like that. So, uh, let's see. Jesus Ramos will be fighting uh, okay. against Javier Molina on it. All right. So you know those names. And it is going to be Omar Figueroa versus Abel Ramos.
0: Oh, dude. So, again, okay.
1: Barn burners. Yeah. Those are barn burn fights. This is a guaranteed show to where either you're going to get a 12 round war. Yes. Or a knockdown in these fights. Yeah. You're gonna get that. So this is one of those uh KO events that you need to watch. This is one of those cards that's built for excitement and action. And again, 74.99, I know people may downplay it and everything like that, but this is actually a good card. And then Arizlandi Lara is going to be the free TV lead-in to the fight. He's gonna be like they're gonna have a fight before the pay-per-view begins. Yeah. On free TV on Fox. And the main event is Lara.
0: Oh man. And have
1: you seen Lara as of late? Laura Lara has changed his style up. Yes. He's not the Cuban fighter that, you know, used his elusiveness and maneuvers and everything like that he's actually been fighting. Wow. You know, so he's actually been brawling with people. So that's actually a good one. Now, going to the to the news that I wanted to let you know right now. Something I read, and right now I'll let you know. Let me see here.
0: Give me Definitely back. gotta pay for that fight. You got a pay pay-per-view fight, pay for it. It's well worth the money. People are getting their income tax checks right now, your stimulus checks. Guys, 75 bucks is nothing. You can come out the pocket to watch an excellent fight. I recommend it. Fireworks for sure.
1: Per Mike Coppinger, and I'll give Cop Cop his credit because the guy does his work. He's always a uh, very, very busy in the game. Mike Coppinger is one of the best dudes in the game. Yes, he and is. everything. Sources, Devin Haney and Jorge Linares have agreed to a lightweight fight that may headline a zone card in May. This is breaking news? This is about seven hours ago. What? Jorge Linares versus and Devin, Devin Haney? Haney? Yes. Have agreed to a fight that will headline a show on the zone in May. More than likely, it'll probably be on the 15th or the 22nd, which I hope they go the 15th because the 22nd's already set for uh, ta- uh, uh, Taylor versus uh, Ramirez on oh, the ESPN. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I hope they go on the 15th, if not the 29th, and they don't. They don't, uh, double battle. book, yeah. yeah, double book. Yeah, I hope they don't do that. But dude, Linares versus Haney is the best fight you can make. And oh, Brian, dude, Ryan Garcia is going after the tank fight, and I know tank is more than likely gonna fight Mario Barrios, yes. and everything. So, yeah, yeah, you know, so the best fight for Haney is either his mandatory, which was Javier Fortuna or Jorge Linares. That's perfect. That's a very good fight for, for Haney, especially test his skills at
0: 135. Whoa, man. So, so Ryan just fought Lou Campbell, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, very competitive fight with, with Luke. Luke. Luke's an Olympian. Yeah, uh, great, great fight. So Devin, a lot of people are talking about. I like Devin.
1: I love Devin. I love Devin. De- De- Devin. I love him. Devin has, Devin has the skills. Devin has the goods. The one thing Devin Devin does not have is the pop. Okay. And I can't even say that because there's video out there. And shout out to Fight Hype and every other and the outlets that brought it out. But during the Jacobs Canelo fight the zone had a punching bag and I hit the bag. My damn self too. I seen that. (laughs) Yeah. The the bag you're talking about. We we, we had a, they had a punching bag, that video game bag, right? And Haney and Ryan, they hit it. They hit it. Yeah. Haney popped better than Ryan. Yeah. yeah. So to say that, you know, Haney has no pop is a lie. It's just that when it comes to his punches, he doesn't waste any, he doesn't waste any energy. He throws them seamlessly. He throws them basically to connect and hit you again. This game is hit and don't get hit. Yes. You know, the knockouts come, the knockouts come. But Haney's not the type of fighter that is gonna go out for a straight knockout. Go he, look for the knockout. He, yeah, yeah. He will he will dominate you like he did Gamboa. And no one has dominated Gamboa that way. Right. So that's his game. That's his game, and I respect him for it. You know? Uh Ryan is more like, oh, I'm gonna find a way to knock yeah, him out. Yeah, exactly. Him. yeah, exactly. He, yeah. He'll he'll be he'll be cocky and brash and he'll find a way to do it. And I give him credit for that as well. But again, that's two different aspects of the game right there. And both do it well to what they do. But yeah, Haney versus Linares, that is a fight. They
0: Haney's the paper paper champ and all that. But you know what? No, he is a champ, regardless to say anything. But Linares, Dude, that fight right there is gonna give Haney his stripes. I thought
1: the Gamboa fight would gave him his stripes.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, but but you know, Gamboa with with his uh uh Torn Achilles and, and all that stuff. People are making excuses. You're not making excuses with Lenares. Lenares is not making excuses. Yeah. He's, he's going to be there to fight. Devin, you fight Leonard It's going to be a great fight. Oh yeah, Come it is definitely.
1: And again, going back to the zone and what we were talking about earlier, you can't you can't beat the fact that you just ordered the Canelo fight and you may actually yeah. get that fight for free because you ordered the Canelo fight. Right. See what I'm saying? And you and if you paid the subscription twenty bucks for the month or the hundred for the year, you're getting an amazing fight. Yeah. Again. We just talked about Ruiz versus Ariola seventy four ninety nine for one night. In the past, you would have paid fifty bucks for Lenores versus Devin Haney of course. Of right now, you're either paying twenty or a hundred for a full year, which, if you break it down to twelve months, it's like eight bucks.
0: <laughs> you can't beat that exactly. Deal. You
1: can't you can't beat it. So that's a great fight for Dzoun. That's an amazing fight for Dzoun. That's a good pickup. And again, that their 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 schedule is really good. Their schedule is really good. Again, we're getting a. Gallo Estrada versus Chocolatito oh, in like in, a, in a week. Awesome fight. Uh, we're getting a Brockis versus a, a Brockus getting the rematch and everything. Yeah. Um. We're getting Canelo May eighth.
0: Senisa. Senisa Estrada. We're yeah. getting
1: on it. Um. You know, it, we're, we're getting a lot of good fights. We're getting a lot of good fighters. We're getting a lot of pop on the zone, and the zone is actually really good. And I, I I like this. Like I said, I have zero issue with the zone.
0: So boxing is finally coming back to its own, man. It, it's we're getting boxing back. Yes. Where it's, it's coming some, it's becoming somewhat normal again.
1: Not 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 not. It, it it took it took a dip because of, yeah yeah because of COVID yeah. But it, it's understood it's understood why it took that dip yeah. It had to take that dip you. you know even even me like I was telling you I've been with uh, behind the gloves probably about three four years now, but because of last year because of COVID I actually quit. I actually didn't want to do boxing for a while because there was nothing that's going that was going to happen. How long did you quit for? I quit in uh, February. February. Okay. Like I, t- I t- took a break. I-, I was already burnt out. You know, yeah. mind you, I'd already, I've done it nine years going into into June this year. So I was already burnt out going into eight years. So I was burnt out. But boxing took its break. I took my break. And right before November happened, before the Gamboa-Haney fight, which I was covering for Behind the Gloves at in Miami, I was contacted in early October. How do you feel about coming back? You know, boxing's doing better. Boxing's coming back. You know, you could do Zoom interviews. You could do this. Uh, we're thinking about sending you to Miami if you come back. This, that, and a third, and I'm like, yeah, perfect. I I recharged. I rejuvenated. You know, I got back into it. I I didn't stop watching boxing. I didn't stop talking boxing. It's just I didn't want to go through the traveling here, traveling there. Yeah. Uh, getting this person, getting that person. Um canceling this person or this person canceling on me, rescheduling. The rescheduling never happens. That that type of stuff does tire you out. Yeah, That type of stuff tires you out. But rejuvenated uh, by the time October hit. So when they came back at me and they were like, hey, you know what? We're going in a different direction. We're doing this now. We're doing this. We're doing that. Uh, This is going to be different. Uh, We restructured this. Uh, This is more to your play. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, it is. And I'm going to Miami in two weeks. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm a Miami, you know, I was born and raised in LA. As you can see, I'm wearing the Dodger gear now, but uh, basketball wise, I'm a Miami Heat fan. Yeah. You know, I'm a Miami noticed Heat fan. I know it's your
0: jerseys, man. Yeah,
1: I'm a Miami Heat fan. Been a, uh was uh, was originally a Laker fan and everything like that, but sorry to disrespect anybody if anybody takes it as disrespect. <laughs> I was never a Kobe Bryant fan. I hated when they traded for him because I knew what they traded for him. I um, just hated the way he was. You can't disrespect his game. His game is perfect. I just hated the person he was. You know, so I, I, so when they traded Shaq to Miami and they left the kingdom to Kobe, I was like, ah. So I got, I got my, I got <laughs> my, Shaq, yeah, huh? I got my, I got my old school uh, Reebok Shaq jerseys from Miami. I still have those. Uh, right now, I have my Dwayne Wade jerseys, and mind you, it was a perfect storm for me because I liked Dwayne Wade back in those days when he was in Marquette. Yeah, I'm yeah. a big UCLA basketball fan. Okay, but you know, I, knowing basketball, being a UCLA basketball fan, you should know basketball. So I knew of Marquette, and I knew of Dwayne Wade. So I was a big Wade fan from Marquette, drafted to Miami. Shaq went there the year after he was drafted to Miami. So it was perfect for me. Uh, I was like, screw it. So I never went back on anything like, oh, I'm going to be a Laker fan again. No, no, no. I stayed in Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, you know, the team's been good in certain years. You know, they've been bad in certain years. Last year, they reached the finals. This year, they're, you know, uh, dealing with, Things that the team, most teams haven't dealt with. A lot of COVID issues. There was a game where they only played like eight players. Uh, You know, uh, Jimmy Butler was just injured a game before, came back the game after, and now Bam Adebayo was injured. So it's like, you know, we're, we're going through things, but at the same time, we're a 500 team with all these injuries and all these things that have been plaguing us. And at the same time, it's like, oh shit, we're a 500 team and all of this is going on. Let, our, let let the team get back to full strength and we'll be we'll be exactly what we were last season. You know, so I you know I'm a Miami Heat fan. So
0: I respect you for for not uh, jumping the bandwagon uh, because you see a lot of people today.
1: LeBron and this that and everything. Yeah, like that. that was one of my favorite things that I love to debate with Laker fans like uh, two years ago. Yeah, what happened? Weren't you the person that were telling that was telling me when uh, you know me a Miami Heat fan. Oh, I'm just do- jumping on the LeBron bandwagon. This, that, and the third. But you knew I was a fan like four or five years prior to this, weren't you? The one that was saying "fuck LeBron." LeBron's a bitch. LeBron did that. And the yeah, third. yeah. And now, yeah. oh shit, isn't that a LeBron jersey? <laughs> right? Like, right. Yeah, no. Nah, so I <laughs> look, man. I'm talking about earlier about boxers remember oh i remember too i will be petty as hell to somebody <laughs> i will definitely be petty as hell to somebody like oh, oh you were clowning me about lebron but now look you're pom-poming for him yeah yeah like come on get the hell out of here with that yeah you
0: know, so just respect the sport man uh-huh. respect all sports you know i mean be but be real be, be real with, 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 with what you're going for i, I see people out there wearing Ellie rams hats and i'm like Dude, you were wearing a, a Chicago Bears cap the other day. What happened?
1: Oh, dude, I'm a Raider fan. Through <laughs> you, and I'm a Raider fan through and through, baby. Yeah,
0: or Raiders, and they switch out to Rams. I'm Mm-mm. like,
1: you got to pick one, bro. Come uh, on now. Raider fan through and through. Yeah. Nah, man. Remember, L- we got
0: social media. We know we, what you're about. Yeah,
1: exactly. LA Galaxy fan as well, too. Yeah, LA, LA Galaxy. Shout out to LA Galaxy. Nah, not, not LAFC. We we ain't one of those people that were LA Galaxy fans and then went to LAFC just because right, they, right, right. they got closer to the neighborhood and gave us free tickets. Uh-uh. We ain't doing that. <laughs> right. Nah, 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 nah. LA, LA Galaxy forever Shout out to the. Uh, a- ACB and the entire V block as well. That uh, section 121 and 122. We do it all there, baby.
0: Straight up, straight up, man. So Fern, if there was one fight that you were able to watch between anybody right now, who would it be, bro? <laughs> uh, if you can see anybody right now, they gave you the, the choice. They, oh, Fern, it's up to you. You call this fight. Who do you want to see? and We're going to make it
1: happen. That's the easiest thing to say right now, because well, okay, there, there's multiple fights. But if you were to ask me You can only choose one. I could only choose one. And it's a fight that I want to see, right? It's a fight that it doesn't matter. It's just we have to get it and it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It has to be Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua. Ooh. It has to be that. I know um Tyson Fury's the one with the titles. I know Joshua's the one with the titles. I know that fight's more than likely going to happen. But at the end of the day. The fight we all wanted to see in the heavyweight is Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder. Wow. That is the fight everybody wanted to see in the heavyweight. It's like in welterweights. The fight we all want to see in the welterweights is Earl Spence it's, versus Terran Cross. Exactly. Yeah. But at the same time, you knew if Keith Thurman came up right now and fought either of those two, you'd watch it. Yeah, of course. So just because it's the main two guys, there's a third guy that maybe could come up and be good. And right now, Deontay Wilder is that third guy that could come up. And again, we've seen the the Fury fights already. I want to see that Joshua fight. I want to see Wilder versus Joshua. Been wanting to see it.
0: Do you think that fight will ever happen?
1: I hope it does. I, I don't know if it is because at the same time, Wilder needs to pick himself up. Like He's taking a beating. He's taking a beating in the media, and it's a self-inflicted beating. At the end of the day, look, I get when you first came out saying that the suit was too heavy yeah, yeah. and that you didn't feel good. Cool. Could have kept it there. But the fact that YouTubers came out uh, and gave you theories and now you started regurgitating yeah. those YouTube theories and everything like that, it it it, it took a shot at him. It, it literally made him look weak. And I'm sorry for saying it because I like Wilder. I love Wilder. Wilder's, 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 great guy, yeah. Wilder's, a, Wilder's a great guy. Uh, the reason why he got into a... To the sport, into this sport of boxing. And the reason why he does it is one of those that will tug at your heartstrings. Right. You know, if you don't know Deontay Wilder's story, he got into this sport because of his daughter. His daughter had a, a basic issue that couldn't be resolved in certain ways, and he needed to find a way to make money. And this was the best way. And honestly, he's done the best that he can with it. And if you look at his daughter now, Complete 180 to where she's at. There may be still some things. I don't know because I don't know the full story if she's healed or right, not right. or has been taken care of. But at the same time, the fact that he did that as a father. Beautiful. If you're a father and you have kids, that's one of those things that just tugs at your heartstrings. You know that. You you know? Do whatever it takes exactly. for your kids. Yeah. Do whatever it takes for your kids. So, you know, respect the man for what he did and what he's doing because of her, you know? And same thing with Luis Ortiz, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. But Reminds me of Cinderella Man.
1: Exactly. Yeah. But it's like the fact that he went out of his way and I like the fact that he was quiet for a while. I enjoyed it. Like, okay, you left it alone at that. But then when he came back and he started talking about egg weight to my head, uh, my coach Breland, uh, spiked my water, this, that, and the third. It's yeah, like, come on, it's bro. like, come on, bro. Like, you know, the fight's already gone. Yeah. You lost it. Just if you feel this way, I'm not saying keep it to yourself, but tell the people closest to you. And bent to them. Right. Let them bring you back. But when you leave it out for public consumption, you're going to get a lot of negativity back. Yeah. And that's what he got. Oh, yeah. And that's what drew me off of Lomachenko after the Teofimo loss yeah. as well. Right. And going back to what we were talking about when we first started. Um, Loma making excuse after excuse after excuse. It's like, Take the loss, man. Yeah, bro. It's not like this is the first time you lost. You lost against Alito, and that was a close fight. This one wasn't as close as a lot of people thought, and everything like that. This was actually much more of a Teofimo fight. But take the loss. Come back. Me, the reason why I picked Teofimo to win that fight was the weight. I knew 135 was too big for For Loma. For Loma. Because I saw how much he struggled against Luke Campbell. And a lot of people were like, how did he struggle? He won. Look at the fight. Yeah you'll see that he has some trouble here and there. I saw how he struggled against Linares at 135. Yeah, yeah. Look at, li- did. look at Linares at 140 versus Cano. Cano is a fighter who has zero reason to beat Linares. but Knocked him out in two rounds. Why? Because of the weight. Yeah, the weight. The weight. The weight. Makes and a huge difference. Exactly. 135 Loma is not the same as 130. It's not the same as 126. You know, he's not that fighter.
0: You think Loma stays at one thirty five or no? He, he drops sh- back to one thirty.
1: I think he's. I think he's a one thirty fighter. I think he only took that one thirty five fight because it was the most money fight that could make him. Yeah. And that's why he took it. But he's he's better off at 130, 126.
0: So he can fight for tuna, right?
1: You can no, but Fortuna is one thirty five. Oh, is he one thirty five? Well, yeah. Remember that, that oh, he's yeah. saying he's mandatory. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Fortuna is one thirty five.
0: I thought he. Okay.
1: Yeah, so it would have to be a one thirty fighter. I honestly think, honestly think, one thirty five is too much for Loma. I I really do. Uh, that's his gap. That's why when they wanted to make the Mikey Garcia versus Loma fight at 135, my well, Mikey Mikey Rexham. Oh, Mikey. Mikey Kelly. Mikey him. Mikey wrecks Mikey wrecks him because the weight. It, it's just the weight. At certain time, at certain things, weight is just too much for people. Madonna and Broner at 140 would have been so much different than the oh, Madonna-Broner Madonna, fight at 147. And we saw 147, what happened with Broner and Madonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 140 Broner versus 140 Madonna, completely different fight. Wow. See, it weight means a lot. Main weight means and even so just much a couple the of pounds mm-hmm. on front. Yeah, even a couple of pounds. Like, think about it this way. It's up until welterweight, when it goes, oh actually junior welterweight, which is 140, that everything goes up seven pounds, if not more. Okay. Junior welterweight is 140, then welterweight 147. Uh, junior middleweight is 154, 7 pounds. 6 pounds okay. is middleweight. 8 pounds is super middleweight. 7 pounds is light heavyweight. You got a little more wiggle room. Yeah, roll. exactly, more wiggle room. Yeah. But if you go down to 130, 135, 135 to 145 pounds. 130 to 135, 5 pounds. 126 to 130, 4 pounds. You're cutting it close, One, yeah. <laughs> 122 to 126, 4 pounds. Yeah. 122 to 118. Four pounds, then 118 to 115, three pounds. Wow. Those pounds make a huge difference. The first the one person I could tell you that, that you could see those on the smaller fighters, Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez. Yeah, dude. You saw him at 115, but yeah. when he got to, but when he got to that other to that one eighteen. no. Yeah, yeah you, you saw the difference. Oh like, yeah. Oh he, yeah, like, Huge. Exactly. Like, whoa, you know, so those pounds make a huge difference. Uh those fighters. That sacrifice like uh Diego Pacheco. We had him on the boxing Oh yeah, out. Diego. Shout out, yeah. Shout yeah, out to Di- Diego Pacheco. Da- shout out to Diego Pacheco. Uh we had him on the boxing rundown two, two, three weeks ago. That's a big boy. Mm-hmm. 6'4. That's what I'm saying. 6'4. But he was fighting at 160. Damn. He knew his body couldn't contain it. So he moved up to 168. Why? Because he knew those eight pounds were too much. And good for him for knowing. Yeah. Good for him for understanding that that your weight at where you're at and your height and your age. You're outgrowing it. Shout out to his team for recognizing it as well. Yeah, yeah. But some people keep their fighters lower.
0: I see. I tend to see that a lot. Yeah, yeah.
1: and it's and and it's a problem. It's a problem. And again, Loma at 135. Isn't that
0: dangerous for 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 a, a fighter? Yes. Keep him at that weight because uh-huh. they're ready to explode, right? Uh-huh. See, a female's not going to stay at 135 for much longer.
1: Uh-uh. That dude's no, big, not. bro. Look, look at a uh, look at Crawford. Yeah. Crawford, Crawford won the undisputed 140 and in this very next fight he's at 147. I know. He had already outgrown 140. Damn. But he decided to fight that one fight for undisputed. Okay. One fight for undisputed. And then say, screw it, I'm out. Shit. People outgrow their weight, man. Age and you know, just age just out age, yeah. age, age does it. Age outgrows you, you know? And he outgrew it. Like, let's look at uh back in the days as we were talking, let's look at uh Oscar and Tito. Yeah. They outgrew 147 and oh, went to 154. Yeah. yeah. And let's say this, at 154 and 147, it was the best time of their lives. Yes, it was. When it comes to fighting. But when they went to 160, when they met that one person, mm-hmm. it completely wrecked them. You know, a Bernard Hopkins, no, Hopkins. Wrecked, <laughs> both of them. The alien baby. Both, yeah, of yeah. both of them. Wrecked both of them. Then when uh he wanted when Tito wanted to go to 168 and fight uh I think he fought actually Jones at 175.
0: Jones, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: Jones and Winky. Oh yeah. Yeah, and Winky. And it was like. Dude, you completely outgrew yourself. Oh, yeah. You're done. Like you you can't get to these weight classes. Like, once you get to a certain weight tap, you have to recognize that you're done. And Tito's was probably 160. To see him at like 168 or 175 was just like it was a novelty act at that point in time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But it was just yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah but it was just like, come on, man. That's why I'm glad De La Hoya never went went past that. No, no, no. Yeah. And even then when he came back at 160 and fought Felix Sturm, I, a lot of people thought he lost that fight.
0: Well, uh, Del, uh, Oscar De La Jolla's last fight was with who Manny Pacquiao. Yes, and that was at one forty seven. He, he ended. He ended his career there. Yeah, and, there. and yeah.
1: again, that's the other side of it. Yeah. You could go up too high, or you could go too damn yeah, low. Yeah, exactly. De La Jolla at one fifty four, at one fifty seven, uh-uh, just no more. Nah. No, no. That, that, his one forty seven days were long gone. Mm-hmm. You saw the spirited effort he put up against Mayweather at 154, oh, yeah, yeah. and then you see the depleted version. You got against Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, 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 yeah. you could say Styles make fight, and Pacquiao was too fast for him. And no matter what weight, that would have happened. But De La Jolla at 154 would have probably put a much, much more restraint on those on those punches. Absolutely. Than the De La Jolla at 147. So it's the same thing with again with Loma at 135. Loma at 135, especially versus like someone like Theo, Ryan, Gervonta, yeah. or even Devin. He, I think it's too much for him. I think it's too much for him. He needs to stay at 130.
0: We hope to see more of uh, Lomachenko. He, yeah, he is a, a great fighter. He's an elite <laughs> fighter. And we want to see more of him. Fern, We're running out of time, man. Where can people find you on social media, brother? If they, they want to find you, look you up.
1: All right. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's Fern, F E R N underscore 323. Uh, on Instagram, it's L A Fern. So L A F E R N underscore 323. On Facebook, it's my name, just Fernando Pimentel. Um, If you want to look me up on YouTube, it's BehindTheGloves.com. Behind the Gloves, Michelle Joy Phelps. Uh, You can find all my interviews there. Um, I've worked for Fight Hype and the Boxing Voice in the past as well. I have some interviews still on their channels as well. And, you know, just that's where you can find me.
0: Any last words before we get out of here, Fern?
1: If you're a fan of this sport and you want to get into what we get into and we get into media and everything like that, educate yourself before you get into it. Know what you're talking about. Know the fighters. Know about the sport. You know, Us as fans, again, I'm a fan, and this that's how I started in this game. I started as a fan. You want to actually get into this and get to know fighters and get to meet fighters and get to speak with them, have conversations with them, and grow relationships with them. Learn about the sport. Learn about what they've done. Learn about where they've been. Learn about their past. Learn about their present. Just know about them. Yeah, it sounds rather stalkerish maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you want to have a conversation with them. You want to have an intelligent conversation with them. They want to actually be able to feel the fact that you know what you're talking about and that at the same time that you are actually making them feel like, you know what, hey, we could have a conversation. We could have dialogue. Don't be one of these trolls on the internet and everything like that. Being a troll is fun. I'll give it to you because I've done it in my past as well. <laughs> right. Being a troll is fun and everything like that. But if you want to get taken seriously and you want to actually do this the right way, you know, study the game, study the people who have been in this media, study the Marcos Viegas's. study the radio Rahims. study, the fight hype, study, the Ben Thompson's study, the Sean Satels from a uh, fight hype study, the net, the Nesses from uh, the Boxing Boys, Michelle Joy Phelps, uh, study myself, uh, study Dominic Reddin from Ring TV, Cynthia Conte from Ring TV, uh, Doug Fisher, who has done it for a while, uh, Steve Kim, um, all of them, you know, study them. Get to see what works for them, what doesn't work for them, and then mesh it to your style, mesh it to you. And at the end of the day, trust me, you'll, if you want to get into this game, you'll know what's up. And if you just want to be a fan and you want to continue just supporting the sport, support the sport. Buy the pay-per-views, buy the events, buy a ticket to go to a fight. Uh go find your fighter at a at a media event. You know, uh, media people tend to post where media events are gonna be. Uh, find a fighter, get an autograph, you know. At the end of the day, be excited about this sport. Because at the end of the day, the only reason why this sport thrives and continues is because of you. So that's all I want to say about that. Cheers to all of you.
0: Cheers to all you. Uh, out of for everybody. Couldn't have said it better, Fern. Thank you. Fern Pimentel in the house. Uh, appreciate you coming down, man. It's always good to have somebody with your kind of knowledge spitting what you spit, man, because it's uh it's boxing, man, and we need people like you. And if it wasn't for you, people like you, we wouldn't we wouldn't have this, man. So shout-out to you, man. Thanks for coming down. No, shout-out to it. you.
1: Thank you for having me on, my man. Thank you, and we'll do it again whenever you want. Let me know. I'll gladly be here, and hopefully by the time we do it next time, uh, this whole COVID restriction is done, and we'll have a fighter, a guest, or somebody else coming on as well that could, you know, chop it up with us as well.
0: Oh, we're definitely going to do that, man. Thanks again, man. And uh, box, Diligent Boxing, we're signing off. Peace.
1: Peace out, people.